Mark Twain famously said the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you figure out why. And with all due respect to Mr. Twain, the man's been dead for 110 years. I think it's time that we update that quote and put an asterisk that works for 2021. Because when Mark Twain was alive, there was no self-help industry. There was no Oprah. There was no Life Amplified podcast or any podcast for that matter. And over the last hundred years or so, there's been a lot of materials for people to start to get clear on their purpose and figure out what they are here to do, who they're here to help, and what problems they're here to solve. But the third most important day is what we have to talk about. It's having the courage to walk away from the life that is expected so you can truly live the life that you're meant to experience. This is a very important topic to me as I'm celebrating the six-year anniversary of burning my old corporate career to the ground so that I could live my purpose. And this week, that's what we're going to talk about. Are you living for your desires or for expectations? I'll tell you what that means and give you my best tips to fall in love with your life again this week on Life Amplified. Welcome back. What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank account. I'm Dan Mason, Life Reinvention Coach, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. One of my private one-on-one clients recently shared with me, she said, I feel like I have robbed myself of my own life. Can you relate? Do you ever wake up in the morning and you feel perhaps that you just don't love your life as deeply as you want, that even though you've attained some outer success, there's a void, something is missing. And and maybe up until now, you went the route that I did for many years. You tried to fill that void by chasing another job, a flashy new job title, a promotion, a pay raise. When that didn't work, you tried to fill the void by buying a nicer car or getting a bigger house. And when the material world let you down, many times we can look to fill that void by abusing ourselves: Drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, shopping. And eventually, every person has to learn the hard way that there's no material possession, nor is there a chemical that is going to fix a crisis of purpose. It was October 26, 2015, that I woke up for the final day with that feeling of fresh hell, just struggling to get out of bed, showing up 15 minutes late again to the Monday morning sales meeting, completely unable to focus or be productive on the tasks that were in front of me, because quite honestly, I didn't care about the work I was doing. I didn't believe in the company that I was working for, and I knew that there was something more out there for me. And it was so bad at this point that just to get through the day, I would have to shut my office door for 20 minutes around my lunch break, and I would tell myself I was going to meditate on the couch, but I was so energetically exhausted, within two minutes, I would fall asleep sitting straight up on the couch and then wake up 20 minutes later, you know, with that snore-snort thing going on where I'd be like... (laughs) 
and there'd be drool coming out of the side of my mouth, and it was a hot mess, but that was the only way I could make it through the day. As luck would have it, as I was teetering on the edge on whether or not I should quit that soul-sucking job, they made the decision easy for me. I was let go, and rather than going and chasing another job, I burned the whole career to the ground, much to the chagrin of everybody in my life, and I took all the internal work that I had been doing on myself to discover my purpose, and I built a new vision, and I committed to building a coaching practice. I had no clients at the time. I had no website. There was no podcast. My God, I did not even have a computer because my 2008 MacBook had crapped out a, a year and a half before, so I was just using my work laptop for everything, which is really funny because I think in hindsight, like... God, when I turned that thing in, when I walked out of the building, I can only imagine what the IT people found on there. Not just that I might have been going to some websites of ill repute every now and then, but like my Google search history was probably just filled with, you know, how do I leave this shitty, awful job? <laughs> I often wondered if maybe they had just like tapped into my computer and found my search history and that's why they sent me packing and sent me on my way. But it's neither here nor there. Everything worked out for the best. And, and the biggest challenge for me, the biggest bridge to cross, was to let go of all of my expectations. Yes, I'm going to talk today about how so often we build a life to meet the expectations of other people. But I want to take it back even further than that, because expectations come in all shapes and sizes, right? Like, I would love to tell you that my family, because my father worked in radio and I followed in his footsteps, that I was somehow, you know, had my arm twisted and really urged to go get into the family business, but that was not the case. You know, my passion growing up in high school was always doing theater, uh, and I went away to Emerson College. I studied musical theater. My family was supportive of that. Uh, believe it or not, your friendly neighborhood life amplified podcast host and life reinvention coach, also a song and dance man. I can sing you a show tune. Uh, not going to do it on the podcast today, though. And what got in the way of me pursuing that? Well, my family never told me, you know, to go get into radio, but my dad leaned on me very heavy, uh, you know, around my junior year of college that, hey, look, you need to graduate on time and you're on your own. Like, we're not going to help you out while you're auditioning. You're going to have to go wait tables or figure out whatever it is. And, and you got to find a way to make it work, which is totally cool. No resentment on that. But I also had a trauma history and a lot of anxious attachment around abandonment and not being able to take care of myself. And without getting into too much detail, you know, I grew up with a mom who threatened to have me legally removed from the home just about every day between ages 11 and 16. You know, she was always threatening to take me to court, to have me emancipated, and, and there was a lot of languaging in my family that said, well, you're 12 years old, you can't even go get a job. How are you gonna take care of yourself? And that was a real traumatic thing for me as a child. And a lot of that trauma around this messaging that I couldn't support myself played in as I thought about graduating and just becoming a, you know, a struggling artist. 
in New York. So I was the one that made the decision to follow in my dad's footsteps. And that's why I want to talk about this idea that the first level of expectations that so many people struggle with when they're talking about making a massive up level to go live their purpose are subconscious expectations. Because, you know, uh, from my perspective and my neural wiring and everything that I had witnessed growing up in my life, I had no example of somebody who went and followed their dream in the arts and made an abundant living and was successful. I had just never actually witnessed that ever in my life. And I want you to consider where in your dreams you've held back with a lot of stories. There's so many people that tell me they want to write a novel or that they want to publish a book. They're like, oh, but nobody makes a living writing, Dan. And other people will tell me all the time, well, Dan, I have to stay in this low-paying, soul-sucking job because I have kids to support. You know, I'm a single parent. There's no way that I could ever take care of my family if I went and launched my business. I can't do that to my children. And yet, if that were true, that nobody could be a single parent and start a business that makes millions, if not billions of dollars, the Lifetime Network would never be able to make a feel-good movie again. Like, isn't that like every Lifetime movie is the true story of somebody who was just gritty and scrappy and defied the odds and lived their dream and changed the trajectory of their family's life? Of course that's happened. We see these inspirational stories all the time on talk shows, on Lifetime movies. If it were true that nobody could ever earn a living as a writer, Stephen King would be a homeless man right now. Think of any writer that you love. Toni Morrison never would have made an impact in the world because nobody would have ever bought those books and they'd all be starving and on the street. Yet, of course they've done it. It's just that you have not personally witnessed that and it is not part of your internal model of reality. In fact, you probably watched your parents suffer every day working in a soul-sucking nine-to-five corporate job where they were tired and grumpy when they came home. Some people, your model of reality is you watched your parents struggle working two to three jobs and not being able to make ends meet. And where have you taken on those patterns in your life? Because from pretty much the time you come out of the womb, your subconscious is learning and making assumptions about what's possible and not possible, both based on the messages that you got from your family. Think about what you were told about money. It doesn't grow on trees. Rich people are a-holes. And, you know, we're noble because we're, we're struggling. There's a lot of that subtle messaging. And even in families where there's no explicit messages, it was just demonstrated that life is about sacrifice, that you put yourself on the back burner and your creative pursuits on the back burner and you do the right thing in order to put food on the table. So the first set of expectations that we're looking at are just a replication of what was demonstrated for us. These become subconscious expectations. Now, can you break out of that? Of course you can. There are some people who were really driven. I think about Michael Bloomberg, who you know, is a multi-billionaire, and yes, 
you know, he might be really sketchy with women and all sorts of other issues that came up during the two seconds he was running for president. But that was a man who grew up really poor. His family had no money and he was able to rise above it. For him, he used that as fuel to go generate a lot of wealth and success in the world. So your subconscious expectations, you know, they might be the model of reality that you're struggling with but you can move beyond them. And then the second thing that we want to look at when you're not really owning your desires for your life and your living expectations, it becomes your own expectations. Because once you invest the money and you go to college or you get a degree or you get locked into one career path, the career in many instances for people becomes their identity. It becomes a nice, neat, little one-dimensional title that we can put on ourselves. Hey, I'm Dan Mason. I'm a career and life reinvention coach. Yes, I am that today. I am a podcast host. I love what I do today. But one of the things that's really come up for me over the course of 2021, now that I'm six years into my business, is a really burning desire to serve at a higher level. I know that there's only so many people that I can impact with a private coaching practice. There's only so many people, even as I'm scaling and doing more group programs, there's a cap on the number of people that I can serve. So this is why I've invested so much time this year building a television brand as a TV guest. Because, you know, do I want to continue to coach a small circle of private clients or would I like to be able to impact millions of people every time I do a national daytime TV talk show. And part of the extension of that vision would be find a way to leverage that into my own television brand. You know, something sort of like a Dr. Phil, but more personal development instead of medical. So that's a big thing that I'm going to be taking some steps toward. But when your job that you have particularly the one that you took out of college and you worked your way up the ladder at it, 23, 24 years old, becomes your identity. There's no space for evolution and there's no space for growth because think about it. You wouldn't wear the same clothes that you wore, that you wore 20 years ago, not just because they might not fit, but they probably would look pretty dopey. They probably would not be in style if you wore them out. God knows if I had the same hair that I did 20 years ago, I'd be rocking some frosted tips right now. And people would be like, oh, does he still think he's in in sync from 2001? It would not be a pretty sight. And we would never think about doing that. We will evolve our look, our fashion, our hair, but we get so handcuffed to the same career choice. And this is what we can look at is level two, which is more of your conscious identity. And this is where your ego gets involved and you become very attached to this notion of success and you know, giving the appearance of having made it. There are other people, and you might be one of them, who get very attached to the story of lack and struggle. You know, one of my one-on-one clients right now, we just had this huge breakthrough where she's committing to struggle sobriety because there were so many patterns of struggle with her family, with finances and stuff growing up. And she realized that she keeps reverting back to that to sort of stay connected, to fit the expectations of the tribe. 
So her subconscious identity about struggle has actually become a conscious identity, and she's realizing that she can choose again, particularly as she steps into a higher level of service and starting her business. But then once you do that work around your conscious identity, which if you really want to break through those first two levels that we talked about, to get crystal clear on how your subconscious was programmed in the first zero to 10 months of life and how that's affecting where you're at today, if you want to work through that quickly, just hire me. Like this is exactly the process I take with my uh, clients who've gone on and reinvented their lives and careers and relationships and totally transformed their life. But the thing is, is once we get clear on your purpose and you figure out a new vision that suits who you are today and not the person you were 10 years ago or the person you were in college or the person that you had to be growing up, then we're getting into level three, which is the expectations of other people. This was a big barrier for me. I had so much shame and guilt about even explaining to my dad that I wanted to walk away from the radio industry. And, you know, for perspective on this, my dad's career was way more successful than mine. He's actually in the National Radio Hall of Fame. But, you know, my dad would tell me all the time, well, Daniel, where else are you going to go and make six figures? Those jobs don't just fall from the trees. And you know what? By the way, he was right when it comes to corporate America. It's not like there's a lot of six-figure jobs that, you know, you can just easily go grab in corporate America. I had to actually leave corporate and start making multiple six figures. (laughs) So that was, you know, the up level for me. But there were expectations from my dad. And many of them were with the best of intentions. You know, he didn't want to see his son lose everything to go chase a dream. He wanted me to be comfortable. He wanted me to be successful. And I know that he wanted that for me. But tell me if this resonates within your family. And maybe you're a parent right now who's listening. Don't we often want the kids to be successful because it's a reflection on us? And there's a little piece of you that likes to brag on the porch with your neighbors about how well your kid's doing or what college they got into or how much your son or daughter is making out there in the workforce. And there was an element of that for my family, particularly at that point, because, you know, my brother was more of a late bloomer. My brother's eight years younger than me, but... You know, he went through some rough times. He failed out of college twice. There was some DUIs, some bad choices. And God love him. Like, he's grown so much, and he's doing amazing now. And he's got a a great-paying job doing something that he loves and met an amazing woman, and they got married, and they had kids. He's figured it out. But at the time, ooh, Daniel was the successful one in the family. (laughs) That was the one that they could brag about and sort of sweep the other stuff under the rug. So there were some expectations of that. And meanwhile, when I first started creating this this idea that that there must be a next vision for my life, I also had a live-in girlfriend who then became my fiancé and wife who would be in my ears all the time telling me, well, you can't quit that job. We have a lifestyle to maintain. And because she didn't really work, what she really meant it was that I had a lifestyle to maintain for everybody in the family, including her and her daughter. So there were a lot of expectations and fears about letting my dad down, about 
you know, letting my uh, ex-wife down, about just my contemporaries and peers in this career where I was so successful. Are they going to think that I'm an idiot if I walked away? But here's the big thing that I want to talk about today is we, you know, really digging into this idea of living for your desires instead of the expectations, right? Pleasing other people is like chasing a moving target, right? People will have multiple hopes for you and the expectations that your spouse or your parents have might not even be the same. The expectation that your children have from you might not align with that. Not even to mention your social groups and the peer pressure that we feel there. And when you start trying to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one, including yourself. This whole idea of living up to expectations, and it doesn't matter which level you're at. Your subconscious expectations are based on a life and a reality that no longer exists. It's based on something that disappeared 20, 30 years ago. That's no longer the present moment. And your expectations that you have in this moment, which are about the current you, can never help you become the future you that you want to be in the future. I once had a therapist who told me that expectations are premeditated resentments because frustration is the gap that exists between what people expect from you and who you are. And if you want to bridge that gap, the process is, is that we have to re start to reframe our relationship with people's expectations. Because the downside is this, and maybe you're already experiencing it in your life. When you are basing your life decisions on getting the love of other people, that love won't even feel good to you. Because at some point, you're going to look in the mirror and be like, all these efforts in my life, they don't love me for who I really am. They love me for this avatar that I'm portraying. They, they're loving me for the character that I portray every day. So there's not going to be any lasting joy, satisfaction, abundance there. It's actually going to turn into self-loathing because you're going to wake up like I did every day for four or five years, feeling like a paid liar, cash in the checks, but knowing that you're not really honoring yourself or making the impact that you're here to make in this lifetime. And if you're that person that's living in the void that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, if you just feel like something is missing and you know that you're ready to fall in love with your life again, if that's something you want to create in your life starting today and into 2022, then we have to have a bigger conversation here about desires instead of expectations. And what I would love for you to reflect on is if you could if you could have anything you wanted you knew that you could press the reset button in your life would you still be in the job that you're in today would you still live in the same city that you live in today would you be in the same relationship that you are today and those are simple questions in theory but they're not easy 
and there is part of you if you feel yourself activated and anxious even by listening to me ask you those questions well good because now's a good time to get curious where are you not in alignment and that brings me to the second step for you to fall in love with your life which is you've got to connect to your own inner wisdom you got to create some space for you to even intuitively figure out what it is that you want. Meditation, a great tool for that. Some people uh, find that internal guidance when they're on a yoga mat. Some people find it when they're on the treadmill. Some people find it when they're out on a hike in nature. I don't know what it is that activates that for you. One of the biggest ways, particularly when I lived in New York and I had access to so many museums, a great meditative place for me to go just sort of connect to my own wisdom and creativity was to walk through an art museum. You have to know yourself enough to figure out what that is, but you have to begin to connect. It is hard to fall in love with a life when you're not even connected to your higher self. So know those ways that you can tune into your guidance, your intuition, listen to those whispers within your soul, because guess what? It's always talking to you. And pro tip on this, it doesn't speak loudly. It's not like the heavens open up and the angels come down on a cloud and blow a horn and tell you, you know, your next path in life. Intuition whispers. It's those whispers of the heart. It's that random thing that pops into your mind when you're folding laundry and says, hey, wouldn't it be great if I could move here? Or what if I could start this business idea? What if I could invent this product? And it just comes and goes quickly. Those are the things I'd like you to tune into this week and start to pay attention because it moves us to the next step to fall in love with your life again, which is to take charge of your life which means you're not a victim, you're not powerless, you are not at the mercy of other people's expectations, you are the decider of your life. And once you take ownership, this is really it, the fastest way to fall in love with your life again, take ownership of your decisions. Step number three, to fall in love with your life again, this is really big as we talk about those subconscious expectations that we all have. Start to question your stories. Every time you find yourself in a story of, well, nobody's going to make a living doing blank, or I couldn't possibly, uh, I couldn't possibly pursue my dream until my kids are all grown up and out of the house. Let's start to get clear. Is that really true? It's almost like the Byron Katie four questions when she talks about the work. Can you 100% be sure that that's not true? Where are there examples that disprove that belief that you have? And another one, and again, totally lifting this from Byron Katie right now, who would you be without the belief of lack and limitation? And the fourth step to fall in love with your life. Let other people off the hook. When you remove your own biases and expectations, you can do the same for others. So often we want to get people to bend to our will. You know, it slowed me down so much when I walked away from corporate and I started this business. I wanted my girlfriend at the time to be on board. I wanted my dad 
to believe in my business, to, uh, so much that it would compensate for my own lack of belief. But other people can't believe in your dream or your business idea more than you do. So stop adding useless pressure onto them and yourself, right? <laughs> Just get back into the joy of living. Chase your joy. Of course, people are going to have expectations and other people are going to have opinions about what you're doing. And what I found is it mostly is just a mirror of what they believe is possible in their own life or in some cases what they believe isn't possible. We've covered a lot of ground today. We talked about the three expectations that will get in your way. Subconscious expectations, your conscious expectations, which become your identity and expectations of others, which is actually the last part of that. Many of us believe falsely that it's actually the start or the beginning. And we also talked about the steps to fall in love with your life again. Number one, ask yourself if you could press the reset button today, which is still be in the same job, the same city, the same home, the same relationship that you are now. Number two, you have to begin to cultivate that inner guidance, find a way to connect to your own intuition, and also listen to the whispers of that intuition. Start to really pay attention to those little fleeting thoughts in the back of your head. Number three, take charge of your life, which means taking responsibility for your decisions. Number four, we want to start to question your assumptions, especially any of those subconscious expectations that tell you nobody can make a living doing blank or this idea could never work because blank. Start to question those. And finally, let other people off the hook. It's not their responsibility to believe in your dream. Really, at the end of the day, friend, it's about following your joy. And I would be an idiot and a liar and a snake oil salesman if I would tell you that it's some easy thing, that you make one decision and everything comes together magical like a Disney movie. Yeah, there's going to be some bumps and some bruises along the way. But the thing that I've learned on this path is that you get to have what you want, that you live in a friendly universe that created you for the express reason of living your purpose. So why would you not be supported as you took courageous steps to that endeavor? And it might not happen overnight, but that's the point. At the end of the day, falling in love with your life, reclaiming your passion, reclaiming your soul's purpose, it's about growing into the kind of person who can have that kind of freedom. And if you need some help along the way, it would be an honor to serve you. That's what all my coaching programs are about. Fastest way to make the quickest progress is to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. But we've got a brand new group coaching program coming up. It's going to be a year-long group mentorship program with some amazing like-minded badasses like you. And it's really going to be an interesting mix of people. Some of uh, you know my past clients who are already doing it who are out there making it happen and they're just growing into their next level of abundance and maybe somebody like you who's just taken that first scary step. 
But who you hang out with is who you become. I'd love to invite you to join my community. You can get all the info on my coaching programs and fill out an application at creativesoulcoaching.net. If the podcast serves you this week, please screenshot it, upload it to your Instagram stories, tag me at CSC Dan Mason. And don't forget to give us a follow here on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live Life Amplified.